morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard for Spike Taking Back Saturday. Cohen, I am Matt Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. Do you hear That's that? Do I hear what? Do I... What what is hold on? I think I'm going insane. I'll be right back. Well, you okay. Say, go tell them about the show. All right. Uh, wherever you are watching from, uh, whether it's uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Float, anywhere, uh, hit that share button, hit the like button, hit the comment. Make sure that you do all of the things above. Um, also, if you right. would hit the uh, subscribe wherever button, you are watching and if from, there is a uh, bell, whether it's uh, hit YouTube, the Facebook, bell. Twitter, make sure you hit the bell. Anywhere, uh, that way, hit that share button, hit the like button, hit the comment. Make sure that you uh, do all you of the things above. So um, also, uh, muddied waters you, goodness right. would hit the uh, subscribe button. And if there is a bell, hit the Facebook, Twitter. Make sure you hit the share button, hit the like button, hit the comment. Make sure that you do all of the things above. Muddied waters goodness would hit the subscribe button. And if there is a bell, hit the share button, hit the like button, hit the comment. Make sure that you do all of the things above. Uh, muddied water I don't know what's happening right now, but this is incredible. Um, why? Muddied water Oh, thank God. Did you fix it? Is everyone okay? Were, were your space lasers messing with our messing with our stream? Hey, folks! Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of uh, the Muddy Waters of Freedom. I don't know what was just happening, but here we are. Okay, well, apparently it's gone. All right, share this, share this, and like <laughs> it, and follow, and subscribe, and hit the bell if you're on YouTube, and all of that. Share, share, share. Like, like, like. Comment, comment, comment. Engage, engage 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 yes my mouth is still healing from my terrible eating accident last week thank you all for your prayers okay so uh i think it's better or maybe not people i can't tell anymore um only only you would know um anyway yeah no it's better now it stopped okay. doing the thing Cool. Uh, I'm getting text messages from Adam the Freeman. Um, my something is bad. I can't read my delay. Oh, my delay is bad. Yeah, that's because we're on. Yes, I know that my delay is probably bad. We're on we're Skype. We're on Skype. Don't blame us. Blame it's Skype. It's Skype. That is not my fault. It's Skype. Course. It's Skype. It's, it's Skype. just Skype. First and foremost, allow me to thank Siesta Cava for the cava that I'm drinking on today's episode and pretty much all And of allow them. me to thank Le Bleu for this delicious purified drinking water that I drink on this and every, well, most episodes of the Muddy Waters of Freedom, Bulavanaka. Bulavanaka.
Wow, someone called you an idiot. Oh, yeah, no, I think no. They, their spell check just screwed up. There's a lag between Matt's idiot. Oh, audio. It's either audio, audio. or video. Mm. I'm guessing. It really could video. be either. So, folks, this is an incredible episode. First of all, let me tell you why. This episode, of course, is brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the fastest-growing caucus uh, that is related to waffles in this or any other party in this godforsaken planet. Be sure to go to the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus group at Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus on Facebook if you want to become a member. And if you want to become a seated member an official member, go to the Muddy Waters Media Store and buy your official Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus button. Uh, just go to muddywatersmedia.com slash store. Uh, this episode, of course, is also brought to you by the Gravy King. And this episode is brought to you by Nug of Knowledge. Nug of Knowledge is not like your usual CBD supplier because they're selling weed. And the thing about this smokable weed is that uh, every bit of the uh, a bit of the proceeds each of each sale go to help stop the disastrous war on drugs? They also have a compassionate use program uh, to provide weed to people that uh, cannot afford it. That cannot afford these useful products. Uh, many people say uh, that they, uh, when they smoke this product right here, uh, that it helps them with joint pain and inflammation and just making them feel better because it's weed. So if you go to nugofknowledge.com and use checkout code SPIKE, that's S-P-I-K-E, for 10% off, <laughs> talk about going back to your roots, uh, you can, uh, you too can can get some weed, nugofknowledge.com. This episode is also brought to you, of course, by Joe Soloski for Pennsylvania Governor. Joe Soloski is the key to Pennsylvania's success. If you want to help him in his run for Pennsylvania Governor, Go to Joe Soloski, J-O-E-S-O-L-O-S-K-I.com. This episode, of course, is brought to you, speaking of governors, by South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster, who is, was, and forever shall remain a B-I-H. And then, of course, this episode is brought to you by personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, sponsor of our anchor call-in moment. If you're personally injured in Florida... I have some fantastic news for you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> also, once we get over that, Chris Reynolds can help you. Uh, if, for example, you find that someone who isn't yourself has stabbed you in the mouth, uh, then, you know, if someone had stabbed me in the mouth that wasn't me and I was in Florida, I would have gone to chrisreynoldslaw.com uh, so that he could reach out to me and uh, show me all the money he's going to get me because that's. That's what lawyers do when you get personally injured. ChrisReynoldsLaw.com. Of course, we are not guaranteeing that you're going to get anything, but I mean. We can guarantee whatever we want. It really, he can't guarantee. We can say whatever we want. I mean, this is someone who's already considering suing people. Most of this show is satire. That's true. You're going to right. get so much money, you aren't going to know what to do with it. You're going to be a billionaire so, once you go to ChrisReynoldsLaw.com. So, did, your Band-Aids are spreading across your lip like COVID through a nursing home in New York. What? Wow. Uh, 
It's like doubled since last week, so... Yeah, so here's... Okay, here's what happened. I didn't stab myself again. I thought this part had healed, and it looked okay, but then it opened up over the weekend. Turns out, no, it had not healed. It looks way better. I don't want to show it to people because it looks like what it would look like. It's, it's you know, I got these little, because I went like that, and I got these little, like, this, like, puncture thing across, like, the lower part of this lip and upper part of this lip, and it's healing well. But if I saw it, I'd be like, oh, hey, nice herpes. Like, that's that's what I would think. So, so here we are. Like, Every, everybody in the comments is just saying it's herpes. Either that or... Yeah, no, I know. I, that's what I would say. If I saw it, Vic, I would say victim, this is victim herpes. Victim of domestic violence. What a weird... <laughs> I, I stabbed myself. Because <laughs> this is what domestic... This is the face of domestic violence. <laughs> I need to hear in the comments what you think my wife did to me. <laughs> For me to get this specific wound. Uh, so, speaking of special episode, this is a special episode, isn't it, Matt? It is a special episode. Why is that? Because uh, on this episode, we have a very special guest. Uh, oh, wow. from All the way from Massachusetts... Massachusetts. Um, please let uh, please let us welcome Miss S- Ashley Shade. Ashley Shade. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us. What what happened? Wait. We. <laughs> you're a little faded. Can, yeah, you're 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 blurry. Uh oh. There we go. Oh, you look great now. Okay. Yeah. Yes, you're perfect now. Hi everyone! Thank you for having me. Thank we, you so we much for so, joining us. Yeah, we're glad that you could take the time to come on and uh, talk to us. Uh, how's ev- how is it, how is everything in Massachusetts? Are you guys like inundated with snow and cold and awfulness? Uh, today was actually really nice. It got up into the 40s today, so it was like a heat wave. Um, you know, and I'm pretty sure Spike, uh, you really should do something about those herpes. <laughs> I don't have herpes. Listen, <laughs> if I had herpes, I would just embrace it and be like, listen, I have herpes. I have herpes. Did, did, it, you, it did takes... you try to eat a live salmon in a bit back? <laughs> that would be funny. And yes, uh, that is something I would try. No, I. this is a – I have been feeding myself for roughly 35 years, I'm guessing. Like right around two, three, I'm, I'm, I'm truly feeding myself. And – I believe this is the only time that I used my knife and fork to, and yes, it was salmon, to cut my meat, to cut my food, and then bring both the fork and the knife up to my mouth instead of just the fork. Because again, I'm very, very smart. And here we are. Chopsticks, Spike. Chopsticks. (laughs) You know what? That would have absolutely changed the the entire game. I'd probably have splinters, though, knowing me now. Um, so, ta- okay, so you – we've never had you on any of the Muddy Waters programs. I'm I, And I'm not sure if I know this story. We've been friends for a while, but I'm not sure I know this story. What is it that – we always ask our guests when they first come on, especially if they're running for office as libertarians. 
what is it that brought you to the liberty movement and the libertarian party was it kind of a an you know an aha moment or a gradual evolution of time tell, i don't and i don't think i know this story tell us the the ashley shade genesis story yeah so i started getting involved in politics in college um probably around 2008 2009 um and at the time in college I considered myself a fiscal conservative and a social moderate in my okay. political leanings and views. Now, I never aligned to a particular party, um, per se. I just felt like the big parties were just corrupt. Um, but I did find myself, you know, drawn to certain candidates. <clears throat> and I would say it was around 2016 or so, um, where I started finding myself identifying with libertarians and in finding libertarianism as a as, as somewhere where I felt I could belong philosophically. Um, so I voted for Gary Johnson in 2016, uh, but I didn't quite get involved in the party until about mid-2018. Uh, so in June of 2018, uh, at that point, I pretty much considered myself a libertarian, but I wasn't involved in anything uh, I hadn't become a party member or anything like that. And I was still unsure about the party. I wasn't sure if there was a place for me or people mm. like me in this party. Uh, so I reached out on social media and sent a message to then-chairman Nicholas Sarwark, and I asked him. Uh, I said, hi, Nick. My name is Ashley. I'm a transgender woman in Massachusetts, and I love the Libertarian Party message, but I'm not quite sure that the Libertarian Party has a place for people like me here. So does the Libertarian Party have a place for, for people like me? And do you, does the party accept people like me here? Uh, if you're willing to put out a public statement, I will sign up immediately and become a dues-paying member. And he immediately put out a statement, and I immediately became a dues-paying member to both the state and national parties. So that's how I got involved. That is awesome. That's really cool. Uh, yeah, and no, so that was great. around when 20... Uh... Uh, about June 2018... Uh, and then about a month later, I was pulled into my first campaign, uh, volunteering and working with Larry Sharp's policy team for his governor race. So that was my first campaign work into libertarianism. That fun. is awesome. I'm going to stop looking at the comments because these are incredibly abusive to me. And I specifically asked what you thought my wife did to me, not... How can you abuse me even further, which is what you people are doing? So we're going to ignore that. We're going to focus on the guests now because that's what this is about. This is no longer – this show is, is no longer about our, our fans was, and followers. It, it was – my favorite comment so far no. was – it, right. it was in response to what Ashley said about chopsticks. And it said if Spike uses chopsticks, he'll be wearing an eye patch instead of bandages. And I almost lost it at that one because that was funny. Yeah, for some reason, and, and I could be wrong, but I, I think if Spike uses chopsticks, he would be familiar with the idea of putting wood in his mouth. But Well, I mean, listen, at, at this point, there is nothing – There is I, I've already injured myself, and now we're just adding insult to that injury. For some apparent reason, I guess I guess we're all going to just cyberbully Spike, lash glue torture. That is, an, that is a valid theory that this is a lash glue torture incident it it's not but that's i'll we'll go with that that's better than spike should never go into a kitchen again <laughs> so speaking of ignoring abusive comments 
I'm going to just completely open this OBS so I can't even see that anymore. So, Ashley, well, <laughs> you're in uh, North North Adams, Massachusetts, right? That is correct. The the best Adams, certainly. We're we're not you know not like those heathens in in South Adams. Not um, yet. Definitely better than South Adams. Well, there's yeah. no South Adams. There's an Adams and a North Adams. Well, we're going to call it South Adams because, frankly, there, right. there's only one Adams in my mind, and that's North Adams. Let's be clear. It is uh, South, so, wh- so that's <laughs> what was it that made you decide? Because you just announced uh, officially yesterday, right, that you're running that's for right. city council? I officially made an announcement this morning at 9.45 a.m. Oh, okay. Oh, it was this morning. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, now, I, let me I ask actually, you this. I what... watched that video on my lunch break today. Yes. You, you, did, you did fantastic. It was wonderful. Um, it, so... Uh, one of the things that you touch on a lot, and when I, because this week I decided to make a post where I said, what should we talk about? You said uh, that we should talk about love. Yes. Which is not something we talk about often on this show. Rarely. Uh, yeah, very, very rarely do we talk about love. Um, and that seems to be a big cornerstone of everything that you're running and everything, like basically your life. Um, so tell, can you tell us? Let's talk about love. <laughs> yeah, I mean... absolutely. Absolutely. So the main message of my campaign, um, what we're trying to do is reach people. And we want to reach people that aren't typically libertarian. I want to be able to reach out to everyone in my community. And we are focused on messaging with compassion, education, and love as the cornerstone of what we do as a campaign. Because at the end of the day, public public officers, uh, politicians, people who you elect, their job is to serve the community. Their job is to help the people in their community. And that's what I want to do. I want to help people. I want to raise up our community. I want our community to grow and continue to find new solutions to problems. I want to have people in the community be able to express their voices. Uh, we've we've found in politics, and Spike can tell you this better than anybody, in this current political environment, people are really nasty to each other. They won't even listen to each other. They won't even yeah. have a conversation. As soon as you disagree with someone, you're the enemy and you have to die is basically the mindset of people these days. And we have to remember that we're all human beings. We all have different thoughts and ideas and emotions. Our perception of what something should or shouldn't be is created through our life experience and those around us. And so it's really important that we learn to just have conversations with each other. If we're going to live in a community together, we need to be able to talk to each other. We need to be able to have these conversations. We need to be able to put out all of the problems on the table so we can find the solutions. And we can't do that when we're attacking each other and calling each other evil and terrible and and all these things or attacking each other personally instead of attacking ideas. And I'm a big believer in calling out a bad idea, but you don't have to make it personal with somebody just because their idea is different than yours. Um, And and that's what we've gotten into in politics. Well, and the, th- and the thing is, if we hope to get people out of bad ideas, it's good to attack the ideas rather than the person. Because when you attack the person, now they're taking it personally. You're not just saying that yeah. they're wrong about something, which is already a difficult uh, road to hoe in terms of trying to bring people over to your side and telling someone they're wrong or that where they're coming from is a bad position. 
to make it about them and say you're bad there's something wrong with you what the hell is wrong with you that now is putting them on the defensive as a person they're not even worried about their position anymore they're now worried about the fact that you're attacking them and and the, the odds of you being able to bring them out of that bad idea is, is a terrible one so it's it's great that you are you know um and, and i'm sure you have experienced people being hateful towards you just because of who you are as a person uh, even before getting into your your ideas and things like that, L let me ask you this: um, What is it that you're seeing in North Adams that you want to change, and how do you believe that your being in the North Adams City Council will be able to do that? Not just in terms of representation, but in actual like specific policy goals and things like that. Yeah. So uh, one of the main keys to the City Council is that we we need a more diverse set of officials representing our city um the majority of our city councilors have been you know middle or late-aged white men uh who don't have much other experience in the world but but besides that piece uh there are three things that we're really focusing on with this campaign other than the message the first is economic development uh, I live in an old mill town, uh, and back in the mid-80s, a company called Sprague Electric was here. They had been here from pre-World pre War II up until about the mid-80s. And when they left in the mid-80s, it destroyed our economy. Uh, and then we got hit with a double whammy because General Electric, who had their plastics division in Pittsfield, uh, which is the largest city in my county, also left in the early 90s. And between the two of those big industries leaving, uh, it destroyed the economy out here. And mm. so we've, we've, we are still recovering from those losses in jobs. Our populations are still declining every year. Um, and so we've done a great job at rehabilitating our image, rehabilitating a lot of buildings. Um, the, the city and the area has become more of an arts and culture touristy destination. But we haven't done enough to bring in new businesses here. And we have a lot to offer, a new startup or a new type of business to come out here and be a part of North Adams. Uh, we are three hours away from New York City and Boston. We're an hour mm. away from Albany, New York. Uh, we have the most beautiful area in the world to be in, especially in the fall. When there's foliage here, we're in a valley. It's beautiful. But the other thing we have is a really great low cost of living here in North Adams compared to the rest of Massachusetts. Along with right. that, in North Adams, we have the Massachusetts College of Liberal Arts. And right next door in Williamstown, we have Williams College. So we have two higher education. Um, and, and Williams College is a world-renowned university, uh, very well-known. It's considered one of the top liberal arts colleges in the world. And so we have these resources here in our backyard. We need to do a better job as a community of selling these and recruiting new businesses to come into our area and grow with us. We have the infrastructure already here. We have a bunch of buildings that have been rehabilitated that are looking for new industries to come in. Uh, we have legalized marijuana here. I'd love to have a grow facility in North Adams. There's a lot of potential here in our community for different new types of ideas and businesses, whether it be technology, startup, biotech. We have not only the resources, but we have people who are willing to work these jobs, who are willing to go in there and learn and be a part of this and really help make something special happen. And so one of the focuses I'd like to see the city happen, one thing that I, I want to do as a city councilor, 
let's help drive that message and work with the local community uh, and work with businesses on recruiting them here to North Adams and bringing them here to our community. Um, <clears throat> the second thing that we have is we have uh, a great problem around mental health. Uh, we have a, an opioid epidemic. We have extremely high domestic violence rates. We have higher suicide rates than normal. Uh, our, our average age in the city of North Adams is around 42 to 44 years old. Um, so that's not sustainable and our population continues to go down. Uh, young people don't stay here because they don't see economic opportunity, they don't see hope. The people who are here have higher rates of opioid use, they have higher rates of domestic violence because what happens when you don't have economic opportunity? Right. What's the first thing that couples fight about, the number one thing couples fight about is money, finances. So right. when you're living paycheck to paycheck and you have so much economic insecurity, we need to address the underlying problems. Why do people go to use? Because they're trying to run away from their problems. What's the biggest problem they have? Lack of opportunity, lack of economic right. growth, lack of this, this feeling of being stuck and not being able to escape. So that's why they turn to these other things. And it's a really big problem in our community that needs to be addressed. One thing that we learned from COVID is that people were not meant to be isolated. We need yep. to be together in society. And so it's important that we as a community not just talk about mental health, not just erase the stigma and, and let people know it's okay to ask for help. It really is. It's, it's a good thing to get help when you need it but also look at the underlying causes of these things. Economic development is a huge cause driving these other issues that lead to poor mental health. And so we really have to look at that to address that. And then the third thing that we have an issue with in North Adams is we have an infrastructure problem specifically with our water. Uh, our sewer system is almost 100 years old and it was designed to be rebuilt after 50 years. Um, we just found out that uh, we had almost 100 fire hydrants in our city that were out of service, um, oh, wow. non-functioning, um, because they hadn't been repaired or whatever for whatever reason. They are now addressing that problem. But, you know, just a month ago, we had firefighters running up and down a hill trying to find a working fire hydrant to put out a fire at somebody's home. That's unacceptable, and that can't happen. We have our sewer system. Again, we had 13 water line breaks just last year in our city system. And 10 years ago, a decade ago, they said it would cost $20 million to make all the necessary repairs to the sewer system to make it, you know, modernize it and, and have it ready for the next however many years. They didn't spend any money on any of that over the past decade. And so now here we are in 2021 and we're looking at a 40 to $60 million bill and we have to address it now. It's gotta be done now. And so we have to look at all the potential solutions, not just you know raise taxes on everybody and call it a day. No, that's not a solution, that's a problem. We have to figure out as a community together how to deal with this problem. Now, luckily our municipal debt is very low and it's almost all paid off. So there is a chance to use bonds and other things to help pay for this. But we have to figure out as a community together, how do we want to do this? Because it's going to affect all of us. And it's not something that we can just ignore and say, well, let the water break. 
not having running water is not going to help us bring in new businesses. It's going to chase everybody away and our community will die. We can't just let that go. So it's really important now that we put those things in place and really address these problems and do so as a community. And there's going to be a lot of angry and, and upset voices about this issue. But we have to learn now to listen to each other and work together to find the solutions. And so those are the big things that are happening in our community. Um, and that's a really tough task to take on a, a, a water infrastructure problem in the first year in council. But I'm, I'm ready to do it. And I'm ready to look at all of our potential solutions to make sure that it's the best thing for the people of North Athens. And that's, that's the bottom line on that, is to make sure we solve the problem and take care of the people of North Athens. And is this a... Uh, is this... Is this race, uh, is the election in November or is it one of the off-season things that you'll sometimes see? Yeah, so uh, our election will be in November 2nd, uh, so okay. normal election. Okay. Uh, there are nine seats on the city council. They are all at large and they're all up at the same time every two years. Um, wow. So we are looking at at least um, currently two incumbents. One is going to be running for mayor and one has decided they will not run for re-election. Uh, so there's potentially seven incumbents. Um, the incumbents always win. The, the incumbents do not lose unless they just don't run anymore. Um, so it's hard to get into the city council. I ran four years ago, my first time running for office. Before I even joined the party, I ran for city council. Uh, there were 16 people that ran for the nine seats. Uh, I finished 14th out of 16th and got 700 votes. The ninth seat so the person who won the ninth seat had mm -hmm. uh, a little over 1,600 votes. So, so the win number is 1,700 or so. Uh, I got 700 votes the first time I ran, and I did not have a budget. I did not have a team. I had one campaign sign. I had a Facebook page, and I literally participated in one public forum and did two interviews. Uh, that was the extent of my campaigning. I did no door knocking. I had, I had nothing else, and I got 700 votes. So here so, we are four years later, and I've been able to get involved in the community. My name is out there even more. I'm a member of the Human Services Commission for the city. I'm an appointed yep. official. Um, that happened after the last election, and I just was re-sworn in uh, a couple weeks ago uh, for three more years. Uh, I am involved in the board of directors of uh, the Berkshire Stonewall Community Coalition, which is a nonprofit uh, LGBTQ organization, the oldest one in Berkshire County. And so I've gotten involved in my community and I found ways to serve in different areas in my community so that I could be seen as somebody who's doing the work here in North Adams to help people. Uh, I currently am enrolled in this community outreach coordinator program where every Monday I spend two and a half hours in class and I uh, get to meet and learn about different resources and organizations that are available in our community that help people. Um, programs like uh, for homelessness, programs like food, like, uh, you know, food projects, housing projects, all of those different programs. I'm learning about those now. Uh, and this gives me an opportunity to better serve the people. Uh, so when they come to me and say, hey, I, I have this problem, well, I know exactly where I can point them to and where to find the resources to help them is. And that's something that libertarians don't typically do when they run for office. And we need more of that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and so definitely. you are 
you are in a position where, you know, a lot of times when we have people that talk about they're running for office as a libertarian, there are those who are running to use it as a means to basically spread the message of libertarianism. It's not that they're not trying to win. It's that they know that the odds are very, very much stacked against them and the likelihood of them actually winning are is, is pretty low uh, unless lightning strikes multiple times. Um, you're in a position where this is a, I'm not going to say easily winnable race, but this is a very feasibly winnable race. You, like you said, you got, uh, roughly half the number of votes that you needed, uh, to be able to actually get on the council the first time around. It was your first time running. You didn't have all the experience you have now. You didn't have the name recognition that you have now. Uh, you had no budget, no team. It was just you saying, Hey, I'm Ashley. I'm going to do this one interview in this one event. And, you know, you know, I'd like to run for this office and you were able to get that many votes this time around. You've already done uh, two interviews today, I believe, <laughs> including this one. And, you know, you've already got other things lined up, I'm sure. And, you know, events that you're going to be doing and forums and everything else. You have an actual team, a great team, by the way, uh, of people helping you. Um, you do have a budget. You are raising funds. Uh, you raised a few hundred bucks just in the comments since we've been talking um and yeah, that's uh that's amazing so th so i want to talk about that real quick spike because sure, here's go another thing that libertarians fail to do my win number is 1700 but i'm playing blackjack i want 2100 votes 2100 votes puts me right near the top four uh vote getters and that's my goal get into the top four vote getters for my first election right and that's a great goal in North Adams, no city councilor has ever spent more than $2,000 on a race. I want to raise $5,000. And with the donations we've got tonight, we just went over $1,000 already. Wow. And I just announced today. So we wow. are at more than 20% of our fundraising goal, and I announced today. So not only is this a winnable race, but we know exactly what we have to do to win. We have a team of 30 people on a city council race in a city with 13,000 residents. If each one of my volunteers gets me 70 votes, we hit our number. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, so this that's, is very yeah, winnable. That's, awesome. that's incredible. So for people that want to be able to help you, and we're already seeing in the comments the, the links to your website and things like that, for those who both who live in and near in and around the the North Adams area, like in Massachusetts, and for those around the country who want to help you, what are the ways that they can help you? Where can they find you? How, how can people help you in your in your run for city council? Absolutely. So you can contact us on our website ashleyshade.com. We have a contact form if you want to volunteer. Uh, you can also reach out to us on social media. Uh, we are on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. The handle is ashade for office uh, We also have a TikTok channel coming soon uh, that is gearing up. So we're going to be on all of the social media. Uh, you can donate at ashleyshade.com slash donate if you can send a few dollars our way. If we can get 100 people to send $5 a month, we fund the whole campaign. That's awesome. That's, well, Ashley, that's good. Very achievable goal. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so we're, we're looking at this. Uh, you know, we have analytics and data from voters already for the campaign. We know how people vote in North Adams. We know who the voters are. 
And those are the people we're going to target. Those are the people we're going to go knock on their doors. We're hoping that in the fall, what will happen is by fall, in this community, we have a senior and aged community. So door knocking right now would be very unwise. Uh, it would be very unwelcomed in the community um, right, with right, COVID right. and everything. Mm -hmm. But hopefully with, with restrictions lightening up, with cases going down, with vaccines going out, um, we're hoping to be able to have a full team ready to door knock. And I do already have about 10 to 12 on the ground volunteers here in North Adams. I'd love to double that and have a full squadron of people ready to knock every door in the city of North Adams and tell people about the campaign. We want to spread the message of liberty, but we're doing it our way. We're doing it through compassion. We're doing it through love. And we're there to teach people, <clears throat> not to dictate to them, not to tell them what's best for them, but to teach people so they can find the road to liberty. And I personally believe that the way to find the road to liberty, the way to lead people to the road to liberty is through love and compassion. <clears throat> we have to be willing to listen and talk to each other. And listen is the key word. Listen to people first. If you don't listen to them, why should they listen to you? They shouldn't. They don't care. Yeah. They don't care that you think you're right. They want to be heard. When you're talking to voters, it's your job to listen to them. And so listen to them and say, you know, that's a really great point. And I'm sorry to hear that you're struggling with this or I understand your idea. But I think I have another way that could work even better. And that's how we teach them and lead them to liberty. Right? That's amazing. So we use, nice. we use that information to teach them. We've used the compassion. We've learned to listen to them. We've learned to care about their problem. Now we look for the solution. We educate them to bring them down that road to liberty. And as long as we do it with love and caring and, and that idea that we're doing it to help people, I mean, that to me is what libertarianism is all about. That's why I'm here. Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. Ashley, thank you so much. I think that you've certainly got a lot of support in the comments. I think you've gotten some new fans here. Uh, we wish you the best on your campaign. And, and uh, when you get elected, you're going to be on Culture of Winning so we can talk about how you did it and, and how we can get more libertarians elected. So, Ashley, thank you so much again for coming. And, and, and uh, you are definitely a friend of the show, and we'd love to have you again, hopefully, in the future. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And before I go, I just want to say one more thing. Uh, okay. To anybody out there listening, thank you so much for your support. I do want you to know if you're out here listening tonight, you need to hear this. You are amazing. You are valid and you are loved and you deserve it. So I love you all. Thank you so much for having me and have a great night, everybody. Thank you. Thank Ashley. you so much. Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Miss Ashley Shade, if you want to help her, uh, AshleyShade.com and uh, all of her social media is on there as well. If you want to help her campaign, uh, AshleyShade.com slash donate. Uh, we're going to do a uh, brief intermission, uh, during which time we will be uh, we will be we'll be right back. Yeah, we'll be right back. We'll be right back. I don't know why we'll that right was back. why I had a hard time with that. Where's the intermission? Here we go. Intermission. Be right back. That's not. Oh no, that's nope. Wrong intermission. Nope. Wrong oh, intermission. Nope. 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 We'll be right back. For an intermission. We'll. Yep. Nope. I, be right back. I don't want to do that never again. Bye, everybody. We'll be right back.
Hey, we're back. Hey, we're back. Hey, everybody. And we're back. So, Sorry uh, uh, about the no sound on that. Is there no sound on that? Hold on a second. Yeah, creepy without sound. It's even creepy with sound. No sound at the intro either. Yeah, there was no sound on that. I don't know. Uh, sorry about that, everybody. Uh, Skype hmm. has many an issue that we are trying to I don't to think get that's work. Skype. I think I did the audio setting wrong, but that's fine. Anyway, hey, we're back. Don't I, worry I mean, about that. I, I, I knew that was you on that one, and I was still like, but we're just going to say that was Skype. Yeah, no, I appreciate you trying to blame it on Skype, but it definitely was because of me. Yeah. I uh, I mouth-stabbed at the old... Uh, audio if you will i'm still hiding the comments i don't care what these people have to say about anything honestly um oh, well, so, now they're saying there's an echo <laughs> an echo from me or an echo from all they said was echo but it's only one person that has said it so i'm not even 100 percent sure so uh let's just move let's just move into the thing and if uh i hear no echo from justico okay Mitchell, cool all right yeah and yeah there should, with the there exception should of not his be, with the exception of his 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 extreme desire to promote dogecoin i trust him yes absolutely um so speaking of um an extreme desire to promote so we go to our next uh, segment, which is the black cold brewed caffeinated co- rapid fire segment brought to you by uh, black organic coffee. The uh, most delicious cold brewed organic coffee to ever be horrifically misspelled. Uh, go to black brews, B-L-V-C-K, because that's how we spell black now for some reason. I don't know what the hell is going on. Black brews, B-L-V-C-K uh, and be sure to use code M-W to get free shipping oh and we have a new we have a new we have a new sponsor yeah i wasn't gonna say anything because you didn't say it at the beginning just keep talking we got a new sponsor we we do we have a very new sponsor very excited about this sponsor this sponsor is uh possibly the most aptly named sponsor for our show ever that we've ever had and that is mud water which is, I mean, our show's called Muddied Waters, so that should, I mean, I don't know what you people want. Uh, but this is uh, Mud Water, which is a coffee alternative. It is basically, uh, for anyone who's had masala ch- ch- chai tea, I was going to say chai, that's not, this is not Hebrew. Um, <laughs> masala chai tea, uh, as well as... Chai. Masala chai tea. Um <laughs> Um, and also, uh, it has cacao as well as, uh, a, uh, mushroom blend, not a, don't get all excited. This isn't, you're not going to it, trip. It's, it's reishi, like a, it's reishi mushrooms it's in, in, in lion's mane and stuff and cordyceps. Like it's good for neuroprotective, but you're not, you're not going to get this. We, we, that's not, no. So, uh, but there is sea salt in it, which, you know, if you do enough sea salt, you will hallucinate from dehydration. So probably there's not enough to do that to you in this though probably not not selling this as well as i could uh cinnamon and that's it that's all that's in it if you go to muddywatersmedia.com slash mud you can buy some mud water today i'm actually i have actually bought my starter pack of mud water uh and i will be happy to report uh on how good it is when uh 
when I get it. Both of ours shipped out today. Okay. Uh, and I believe that because I also ordered mine, and I believe both of us will get it on the 11th. I was gonna say, are they gonna say what time? Okay, all right. Um, I was looking at the date on my watch. Oh, okay. I was like, <laughs> I didn't... what time? It'll be here at three twelve. It's gonna be April. Um, three three twelve. Once you're on using mud water, once you're using mud water, you are that like prompt. Right. You 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 are attuned to many things like what today's date is, like what and <laughs> and also what time they will be delivering your mud water. Now I've heard a lot of good things about it. Um, one of our good friends that is also a podcaster, um, he was the one that turned me on to it, and uh, he loves it. He loves it. He told me that he drinks it every morning at five a.m. and it gets him through till noon, and he has no crash. He's he loves it. I don't want to get up at five. If this thing makes he, me get up at five, I'm going to quit. Well, no, he gets up at five to go to the gym before work. That's a way yeah, too I healthy know. for me. Yeah, it's yeah, way no, too I'm, much. I, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not ready to commit to being that healthy. Um, so, so yes. I don't know if anybody knows this. Besides the fact that uh, we're going to be testing out mud water and letting you know if it's good. But uh, also... Talk about throwing mud. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Prince Harry and Meghan Markle <laughs> did an interview with Oprah, and we in America are supposed to care because reasons. Because we were told to. Because we were told to. Um, I only mildly care because Meghan Markle is an American, and that's like – you know, Megan, so Megan Markle, even still, uh, don't really. Uh, yeah, Megan Markle, she was on a TV show called Suits that yes. I was, I was, I was a big fan of. I, I liked that show, uh, and she was the weakest link on that show. But um, she was, she was, she's not a great actress. I'm sorry, like she's just not. Like everybody else in that show was relatively strong, and she was really, still is really pretty, and that, like, she just was not the best actress. Um, but I love the show. And when I heard that she was leaving because she was marrying Prince Harry, I was like, oh, well, that means that somebody else is going to have to leave the show because otherwise it just doesn't make sense. And now the show's not going to be good. And I was right. Um, but so they went and, um, I honestly don't care about anything that happened after she left suits, but Spike, he is a huge fan of the Royal family. Big yes. Fan. Big, big Royal. I'm about to give the Royal update. So basically, <laughs> You can, if you want to get specific juicy details about this, this is not the show for you because here's what happened. They went on Oprah and, and, and blew the world open by disclosing that the British royal family is racist. Oh my God. Hey everyone, did you know that the family that enslaved entire sections of the planet and helped create the concept of white supremacy as a justification for their rule over billions of people by force and the replacement of their systems of governance with a top-down regime-based puppet government system is that that organization is racist can't believe it uh, the people the people who would marry their cousins 
just for the purity of the bloodline to make races. sure they stayed as white as possible white as possible they literally interbred for centuries to the point where now look at william like that's can you believe they're racist they inbred just to make sure they didn't have sex with one of you people okay can you believe it- Unless it's Prince Andrew and you're under the age of 18, in which case he would have been totally happy to have sex with one of you. Well, because you can't have you can't have kids at that point. I mean, let's be clear. Pedophilia, that's fine. But a dark child. (laughs) Can you believe that this group is racist? Here's what I want to say about the royal family, and then we can move on to something that actually impacts you as a human being who isn't in the royal family. That's not going to be for a while anyway. Well, we'll move on to something else that doesn't really impact you. The concept of the royal, the royal family itself is the greatest and mo- well, I don't know, greatest, the one of the longest running grifts in human history. We're talking rough, almost a thousand years of a family that said, we run all of this because God said so. That English accent is as good as Kevin Costner's in Robin Hood. No, at, no, listen. So. <laughs> Fun fact, up until the 1800s, they did the hard, they did the hard R's or whatever. They didn't start sounding like that until after yeah, that's the what revolution. They, that's what they talked about on Oprah. Yeah. The hard R. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's that too. They've moved back to their tradition of the hard R. No, they actually sounded more like us. And then they went off and, oh, that's, again, probably because of inbreeding. Okay. And so, because if you can't print, like, so the, I'm not going to do that. Um, so the, this is a family built around the concept of you have to do what I say and give me everything. And I own everything on earth because God told me so. And then when the Vatican at some point tried to rein them in by saying, you can, it's telling the King, uh, what was that? King Louis, King Henry, uh, you can uh, kill and behead your wives, but you can't divorce them. Then uh, that led the, the Royal family through the, through King Henry to say, Oh, well then in that case, I own everything now. And uh, I've created my own church. Uh, and that's what the Anglican church is. And I believe also, I think the Presbyterian Church is the, uh, either Presbyterian or Episcopalian Church is the Americanized version of the Anglican Church. Uh, So if you go to that church, the divine uh, right of kings is is part of that. Um, So it's just a huge grift. And I know what you're probably thinking. Yeah, but isn't government kind of the same? Yes, it is. Yes, yes. But with government, they at least try to pretend that you have some inclusion the, with the British royal family, it's like, nah, God said so. That's God just, said so God, a thousand just, years ago. And now you're paying us billions of dollars over our lifetimes to make sure that we get to live this lavish life. The, we literally call it the royal treatment. We talk about living like royalty. We, they live so well that we have descriptions that just are for them. Right. And not only is it entirely unearned, they stole it. 
And now here we are. Now here's where it gets weird because there are plenty of plunderers and pillagers and murderers and whatever, and we don't lionize any of them except for Che Guevara. Uh, but here is the... We now are in an era, in even in this you know super woke culture that we have, where we look at the royals and go, oh, how elegant and how beautiful and how demure and how... Look at the beautiful crystals and look at the pomp and the and the pageantry and it's like they're all a bunch of racist descendants of murderers and thieves and tyrants and the only reason that they aren't continuing to do that is because they couldn't hold it all together and so instead they created this ridiculous arrangement for themselves where they get to live as literal welfare kings and queens off of the earnings from their own properties that they claim to own based on the fact that they murdered everyone and took it. Yes, this is very much like government in general, but it's a single family doing it. And that is just, mwah, it's amazing. And I love that the outrage now is that they don't like black people. Because no one, because A, no one knew that. This is the family that turned the Hutus and the Tutsis against each other and had them war with each other. These are the people that fought the Zulu. These are the people that turned all the various African tribes against each other. These are the people that would go with rulers and measure people's height and their heads and their noses and come up with all this absurdity to justify their rank and placement in the in the British uh, uh, you know, in, in their position of, you know, their, their hierarchy, their racial hierarchy of whether this tribe was treated better than this tribe based on basically eugenics. But can you believe they're racist? How can you believe they don't like black people too? So that's what happened with the Royals. Oh, and Oprah is very upset. You made Oprah mad and that's the real crime. The British royal I honestly family. did not know Oprah was still doing things. I had no clue. She occasionally does it. She does this kind of stuff. So, like, she doesn't do, like, a show or whatever, but she'll do an interview with the royal. Well, the former. The former royal. For- oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the former royals. The former, because they've um, been excommunicated from the family. Oh, they killed Prince Diana, too. One of the things that got released Prince, is, Princess. you know, Harry was saying that he has some of the money Which, that prince diana put aside why the hell would prince diana put aside money if she thought that she and her family were going to be in the royal family forever which so she also came from like a noble bloodline mm-hmm. like i i did not know that. i actually found this out today um that i thought that she was like the princess of the commoners and blah 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 she was there fighting for the little people and whatever like her family in the 15th century or the 16th century uh, became lords and ladies. And like yeah, she's her, aristocracy, but she wasn't her, from nobility. Her fa- her, okay, so her father was like an earl, which I think is like step three. It's like Prince Duke Earl. Like, it's all a I sham. I only know the chess pieces. <laughs> I only know because of a game that i play that has nothing to do with royalty but you have to make it to king it's a golf game oh okay (laughs) i know that uh here's the thing uh the problem oh god this is a terrible joke do i want to say this yes 
I've made a Cuomo joke and a Prince Andrew joke and a hard R joke. I'm going to, here, you start saying what you were going to say, and I'm going to type the joke to you, and you can decide if this needs to be said. <laughs> oh, gosh, what happened there? I don't know. I took up three quarters of the screen. Um, I'm going to text it to you. I can text it to you. You continue. You, yeah, I was going to say you can put it in the show notes. Um, oh, gosh. But uh, <laughs> that's instantaneous. Um but yeah, the like the entire royal family, I've never understood the appeal. I don't know why people wake up at five o'clock in the morning to watch their weddings, their garish, outlandish weddings. And it's it's never made any sense to me. Like I don't care that Queen Elizabeth has met mm, something like eight presidents. That matters not. Like, is that kind of cool for an individual to do? Sure, but like Spike said, the reason that she got there was by being the 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 all-time reigning leader in welfare queens. And and the reason that the royals were able to kill Diana is because she's a rook and had to keep going straight forward and they sent a knight that cut her off and she crashed oh my god matt that what oh my god i'm sorry who would say that that's matt that's what we had sierra for and she's not like yeah she's yeah she she hasn't been around recently that's a terror i'm so sorry everyone (laughs) i am I'm so sorry. Speaking of people saying things that are inappropriate. Yes. Last week, Texas Governor Greg Abbott announced that he would be signing an executive order that would rescind all former executive orders having to do with COVID. Uh, This would include the statewide mask mandate, which I believe ends there tomorrow officially, I believe. Um, The next day, Mississippi followed suit. Joe Biden was asked about this decision, and this is what he had to say about it. I hope everybody's realized by now these masks make a difference. We are on the cusp of being able to fundamentally change the nature of this disease because of the way in which we're able to get vaccines in people's arms. We've been able to move that all the way up to the end of May to have enough for every American to get every adult American to get a shot. And the last thing, the last thing we need is the Neanderthal thinking that in the meantime, everything's fine. Take off your mask. I hope everybody. I just want to go. First of all, who the hell made that sculpture of of Robert Bobby, uh, Kennedy? Bobby Kennedy. I. So that has been around for many years. Some people have it out. Other like some presidents have had it out, and others put it away. You can pretty much guess who. Um, and I have always wondered why. Just. Why? Why? I hope like, everyone's I mean, realized that. It. That's that. It looks ridiculous. Like I can barely tell it's Bobby Kennedy. I briefly I mean, thought it was JFK mid-impact, and so now not all Americans liked uh, Joe Biden's comments, Matt. And we have some we have some reactions here. Yes, thank you, Greta. And here's President Biden earlier on Texas and Mississippi ending their mask mandates. 
We've been able to move that all the way up to the end of May to have enough for every American to get every adult American to get a shot. And the last thing, the last thing we need is the Neanderthal thinking that in the meantime, everything's fine, take care of the Powerful. Now, thankfully, uh, Joe did come out um, and he has uh, issued a statement apologizing for this very insensitive remark to the Neanderthal community. That's not the. That was. And I had a nurse at at, uh, nurses at uh, Walter Reed Hospital who would bend down and whisper in my ear, go home and get me pillows. They would make sure they'd actually. Probably nothing ever taught in, uh, you can't do it in the COVID time, but they'd actually breathe in my nostrils to make me move, to get get me moving. Well, that's good. And I just want to give a real quick shout out to our friends at Timecode Production who um, got that video made for me very, very quickly. Um, They actually sent me a couple of different versions of it, uh, but I was getting them way too late for me to upload them. Um, So you got the first one. But uh, Timecode Productions, timecodeproduction.com. If you need any video needs, make sure you go to timecodeproduction.com and their turnaround time is amazing. Yeah, because they got us that. Um, uh, So timecodeproduction or productions.com? Timecode production. Man, I know it's time code production, but I am going to check right now. Do you want me to play the the other one they sent, or is that not relevant? It's the same thing. It's just a little longer with more angles. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So that's terrible. Um, and uh, so time code production production with the S, not with the S. It is, yeah, without an S, timecodeproduction.com. Great great guys over there. Uh, I'm friends with all of them. Uh, They let me run uh, the show out of their studio for a little bit. Yeah, you got to use the studio for a long time. Yeah, and it was great. Um, So now in a a moment of uh, most powerful man in the world humility, uh, Joe Biden got fed a big old helping a humble pie. Uh, When this happened at an online event with the president of the united states who is the pre the president of the united states and nancy pelosi thank you thank you and i'm happy to take questions if that's what i'm supposed to do nance whatever you want me to do <laughs> that's amazing that that's amazing just... nance i'm gonna I can take questions if that's what you want me to do, Nance. Fade. Just fade out. Just no. Just no. The Joe Biden is the first president that I know of who has not done a State of the Union in the first 30 days of being in office. Can you imagine oh. a State of the Union? Not only can I imagine it, but that is like some of the best dreams that I have. He'll eventually have to do one. There's no he, way he's he going to have to. And when he does, we are 100% going to live stream that. And it will probably <laughs> be the most entertaining episode we've ever had. And we won't have to say anything. It'll literally just be him. Just now, apparently on and us laughing. Thursday, 
like how long do you think he can stick to the teleprompter before it just goes just veers seconds seconds apparently on thursday he is having an event uh where he will actually be taking questions and i am yeah that was my look when <laughs> yeah like, i am almost interested in streaming that if mm. we can find that how long is it do you know how long it's supposed to be i have i have no idea i literally found out about it five minutes before the show started I am excited and definitely I will stop doing everything to live stream that. That will be fantastic. Because I, I just want to see Joe Biden failing miserably at answering questions from reporters. Now, speaking of slow moving roller coasters that you of, of, that are headed directly towards an explosion that you just simply cannot look away from because it's just amazing amounts of schadenfreude that you get to experience because what a terrible person that it's happening to. Andrea Stewart-Cousins, the uh, Democrat Senate Majority Leader in New York. I'm going to say that again. The Democrat Senate Majority Leader, the person that's basically second in command of the, uh, or second uh, most powerful in the government of New York, who is a Democrat has called for Andrew Cuomo to resign uh, if he has any more allegations against him because apparently th- three is is the the maximum number of allegations of sexual abuse and assault that you can have when you're a Democrat. She said, uh, well, all of that. She said uh, the uh, leader of New York State Senate says Andrew Cuomo should, reg- should resign if one more, pro- just one more. Okay, fool me once, shame on me. You fool me twice, shame on you. Fool me three times, still the shame on you, bud. But the fourth time, that would be on me. She says, she like uh, a, the, a, a chair she can't said, stand uh, without four legs, neither can this. Oh, wow. Yeah. She didn't actually uh, say that, by the way. <laughs> that's actually, but that she might as well. Uh, told Spectrum News that if there are any further people coming forward, I think it would be the time to resign. But not if there aren't. No, but not if no more. Not if no more. Yeah. Now, since we last spoke, two more people, and since she made that allegation, two more people uh, have come up with allegations against him. One was Karen Hinton who told the Post that Cuomo had embraced her in his dimly lit Los Angeles hotel room uh, after a work event in 2000. And Anna Liss, uh, another ex-aide to Cuomo, and she said that the governor in 2014 hugged and kissed her and grabbed her waist, bringing the total up to five. Now, Cuomo has stated he will not resign. And he did give some BS apology about the allegations. And I didn't know I was hurting people. I, I was kidding. I'm just joking around. I'm just. A... If they uh, if they took it that way, I'm very sorry, which is about the most gas lady apology possible. Like, oh, yeah, no, I totally didn't mean to, you know, yeah. sexually assault, uh, sexually, you know, harass them. But if they took it that way. But if they took it, I definitely that way, feel terrible. I'm so that. sorry. Thanks. But I'm not going to resign or be held accountable in any way now andrea stewart cousins who said that if this happened he should resign 
Uh, she has not, as of yet, you can double check for me, Matt. Uh, as of last check, she has not returned our request uh, for follow-up comment. She has not, no. That's no. unfortunate. She, she definitely has not. I would okay. know immediately if that happened. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of comments and responding to them, now is time for just that, which is the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor Colin moment. Brought to you by personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, chrisreynoldslaw.com. For all of your I've been hurt in Florida needs, chrisreynoldslaw.com. Uh, wait, what's this? Oh, yeah. Oh, that. Yes. I forgot all of it. Yep. All you have to do is go to anchor.fm. Go to anchor.fm slash muddy. I'll do it again. Go to anchor.fm slash muddy waters to leave messages and donate. I should probably pull that up so we can actually do this. Um, we would love to hear your thoughts and your questions. Uh, and there's also next to the message button, when you go to anchor.fm slash muddy waters, uh, you can also, there's a donate button that you can press to donate some of your sweet, sweet money to us. Um, and uh, you do not have to make a donation for us to play or answer your questions and thoughts, uh, but we will like you more. So our first message is from Michael Cadwallader. Cadwallader. From Michael. Sorry if he mispronounced that. (laughs) Hi, Matt and Spike. My name is Michael. I'm 19 and from New Jersey. So that means that my first general election was this past November. And I, of course, voted for Joe and Spike. And I want to thank Spike uh, for running. Thank you. You and Joe have more than earned my vote uh, this past November. Sucks that you didn't win, but I guess that's reality. Um, anyway, what are both of y'all's dream presidential tickets per each top three party, the Democrats, Libertarians, and Republicans? Spike, you can say yourself if you want to. That wouldn't be exciting, <laughs> but you can do it if you want all right, thank you. Bye. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Matt go first. I'm curious what yours are. Oh man. Uh, so for do you for want me to go first? No, no, I got it. Um, like I know my heads of ticket on the other two parties, but I don't know I don't know VP. So just say those. So Tulsi Tulsi Gabbard would be my number one for the Democrats. Tulsi Gabbard, uh, and then for the Republicans, Thomas Massey would be my number one. Um, and I understand that neither of those two things is going to happen, but that's my ideal situation. Um, and as I said, I believe it was last week, um, the only way I will probably ever vote for president again is if Spike Cohen runs in 2024 uh, and or 2020, you know, just if he ever runs again. Other than that, I don't see myself voting for president ever again. So even after the stab thing, it humanizes you and it makes you more like people. <laughs> it's kind of like when you screw up the stream and people are like, that was a great episode because it made you guys seem more like relatable. I mean, and, who among us hasn't stabbed themselves in the mouth with a knife while they're eating? Literally everybody. Sure. So 
who are my pick? Well, and, and thank you, Matt, for that. Thank you for your your vote of confidence. It means a lot to me. And it came out of no. Oh, I was supposed to do the thing. Hold on. Say it again. Oh, uh, the only way I would vote for president again is if Spike runs in 2024 or 2028. Oh, but uh, other than that, I really don't see myself voting for oh, president ever again you. in the future. So. Um, Thank you. So, um, who are my picks? I, I'm I'm with you. I don't know who I would pick for vice president, but for the same reasons in each party, uh, I would pick um, uh, who who I would pick for each party is for the same reason. Uh, Thomas Massey in the Republican Party and Ilhan Omar uh, in the Democratic Party. The reason for that is because they both don't give a damn what the party thinks for the most part. Um, Thomas Massey is more conservative-leaning as a libertarian, and Ilhan Omar is absolutely very progressive-leaning, almost far-left-leaning. They don't give a crap what the party wants or cares about. They're in there for their own beliefs. And, 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 and also, I believe that them running in their respective parties would destroy their parties uh, if they actually got the nomination because the party uh, leadership executive, you know, the, the actual you know, um, apparatchiks of the party would abandon it en masse like we just saw in Nevada uh, in, where the uh, far left slate took over the Nevada Democratic Party. And so everyone that worked for the party just quit because they don't want to have to do with that. So um, anyway, that's who I would pick. For the Libertarian Party, I'm going to uh, abstain from answering that because I think any answer I give is going to be seen as trying to uh, tilt it uh, in favor of one candidate or another. But I will say this. I think whoever the LP should run is someone who can effectively and bravely and boldly put forward all of our beliefs and principles in a way that connects with everyday people and not be milk toast and scared pool about our beliefs and also not be brutalists who just, you know, try to shove it down everyone's throats. We need someone who is bold, uh, someone who's not going to be as scared of controversy, someone who is going to be eager to invite uh, possibly even, you know, resistance from state authorities uh, when they try to do things like, you know, campaign illegally in Miami uh, because of a lockdown. Um, you know, those types of things. It needs to be someone that is willing to take on the entire monster and do so in a, a way that, you know, it, it demonstrates how happy that he or she is to do it and to connect with everyday people. Um, so, yeah. Um, but thank you for that question. And I hope I didn't butcher. I, well, one, I, I said your last name a few different ways. One of them, I certainly butchered it. So I apologize. Uh, here is our next question from Mason. Hello, Jew and Lefty. My name is Mason, from Parts Unknown. I want to ask a question about the death penalty, which you spoke about several months ago. I have nothing, morally, against the death penalty. Of course it is horrible if someone is put to death on false charges, but if they are guilty of a severe crime, death should be the punishment. Anyway, your reasons for being against the death penalty were fiscal. I never knew how much it cost to put someone through the whole process. So, here's my question. Why not just reform the death penalty? What is preventing the government from making it less expensive? So, the reason, that was also kind of creepy, but thank you for your question. Uh, oh, the reason it's so like expensive. my second favorite one ever. 
thank you, Jew and lefty. Like Jack, Jack America is still my all time favorite. Yes. Yes. Jack America is by far my all time favorite. And just the originality of however they did that. Eh, I'm whatever. But it's definitely top three. It is. Yes. Uh, so a couple of months ago, I don't know which episode uh, Mason is referring to, but yeah, we did talk about the financial, why, why it is financially, it's not financially conservative to go for the death penalty. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We talked, we talked about that. Uh, he, he said that he doesn't have a moral issue with the death penalty. I know I do. I'm 99% certain Spike has moral issues with the death penalty as well. Um, yes. Things, things that I, so I used to be pro death penalty. I, I, I was not so always, was I. Yep. yeah, I was, I was not always against the death penalty. Um, and what initially switched my mind was the financial reasons. If it costs more money, if it costs more money to kill him than keep him alive, then why would we spend the extra money? Just keep him in jail, no hope for parole. That's where, that's how I initially got over. And then I started learning that uh, one in eight people are on death row because, or are falsely accused on death row. Then you find out that, uh, I believe, I don't have these stats in front of me right now, but I think it's 33% of all the people on death row are mentally incapable to stand trial. Um, and many of them have to be drugged in order to get to a point of cognizance that they are even legally allowed to be killed. They have to be drugged. 33% have to be put on medication to be cognizant of the fact of what is happening to them. These are not people that we should be killing. No. Like, and I do have a moral issue with it. When you have one in eight on death row who have the who have been uh, falsely accused, they should not be there. They should absolutely not be there. So are there ways for the government to make it more financially feasible? Yes, but in doing so, what you would have to do is get rid of much of the appeals process, which means yep. that number one in eight would go up. You would have more than 33% who would need to be uh, medicated to be cognizant enough to be murdered by the state. So yes, there are ways to do it, but in all of those ways, it makes me more morally against the idea right. of the death penalty. Exactly. Pretty much everything Matt just said. The, the one redeeming thing, if you want to call it that, about our current death penalty system is that when you are found guilty and, and, and sentenced to death, you have in theory anyway, years or even decades to try to get it appealed and, and prove your innocence. That's what makes it so so expensive compared to just putting them in jail because instead of just putting them in, in, in jail for the rest of their life, they're put in a death you know death row where you know they can't have visitors and where they're in basically isolation for the rest of their lives and they have to go through these very expensive appeal processes and everything else and that makes it you know much much more expensive than just putting them in jail the flip side of that is like matt said if you get rid of that yeah you make it less expensive but now the rate of people who were wrongfully accused who aren't able to end up having it overturned goes up exponentially which makes it even that much more objectionable 
the reason that libertarians oppose the death penalty is because that we know that government, when given power to do something, often uses it in the most harmful and inequitable and abusive ways. And when you give the government the power to decide whether or not someone should be alive, like any true predator, they will use it against the easiest prey, the people who are not able to fight back, the people who are not able to defend themselves, the people who are not able to be able to mount a real defense and who just kind of go along with it. We've heard stories of people who were coerced into confessing to doing something, were promised a, uh, uh, a, um, a plea deal, even though they initially said they didn't do it. They were promised a plea deal, and then after they confessed, they were sentenced to the death penalty. There was a killing uh, about this time last year, actually, uh, of a man named uh, Nathaniel Woods in oh, was it Mississippi or I'm trying to remember now, Arkansas, Mississippi, um, one, one of those states where yeah. he, where he was accused of killing three police officers, even though it was never disputed that he didn't actually do it. They never claimed that he killed them. He was there when they were killed by his friend and roommate. They just claimed that he was in on it. Even though his friend and roommate who actually killed them and who was already on death row wanted to testify with nothing in it for him, wanted to testify that, Ken, uh, that Nathan had nothing to do with it. And the courts didn't allow that testimony. The and only evidence they had that he was in on it was the fact that he had yelled at those cops or sworn at those cops earlier in the day. And they killed him. It was about, uh, I think, 15 years later, last year, they killed him. It was essentially a uh, long, drawn-out lynching process where they killed a man because they could. So uh, there, there is a... no way to reform the death penalty other than to either make it so much more prohibitively expensive that it doesn't make more make sense or to go the other way and make it less expensive but make it uh, exponentially more likely to kill an innocent person. So the best way to do it is just not do it. Yeah, there, there was that case. We talked about it last year last year at some point. I, I don't remember all the details. I remember that the state, and I think it was a Arkansas or Mississippi um, somewhere or maybe it was one of the federal cases where they uh, executed somebody but uh, the guy who was executed never pulled the trigger. He was there, yeah. but he, he never pulled the trigger. He didn't shoot anybody. He, he didn't kill anybody. Um, and the only witness they had against him was the guy who pulled the trigger. And he said, oh, yeah, no, he masterminded the entire thing. And, yeah, exactly. And things like this shouldn't happen. And the state should not be murdering people because of these things. Because the state will then – if they want that – if they want the uh, death penalty on the table – they will find somebody to testify against you. They will do it. They will absolutely do it. Yeah. Yeah. If they and, decide they want to kill you, you're dead. Right. Yeah. If they are truly a threat, if someone is found guilty of murdering dozens of people, think of a Dylan Roof. Think of uh, uh, the, the kid in, um, oh, what was his name, uh, that, that killed all the, in, in Florida, in Lakeland. Um, uh, uh, um, not Lakeland. Anyway. Uh, crew, uh, not Lakeland. Um, Down in uh, Parkland. Parkland, that's what. Lake, uh, Lakeland Cruz. is where the 2021 Florida Liber Libertarian, or yeah, where the Libertarian Party of Florida's convention is. Yes, this, that. So Parkland, uh, Parkland. Where, where where Cruz did his uh, did his his massacre, put him in jail for the rest of their lives, no hope of parole, 
And if in some weird way, and it probably wouldn't be in those cases, but someone is put away for, you know, an egregious crime, a multiple rape and homicide, and then it turns out 20 years later they didn't do it, and there's proof they didn't do it, and they were railroaded, then, yeah, you stole 20 years, or the state stole 20 years from them, but they can go free. They can get some kind of settlement. They can try to reclaim what's left of their life. If you kill them, there's no undoing killing. And right. uh, it's it, there is just... Our vice president put two innocent men away in in on death row. There was no accountability for it. It was said multiple times. Even Mike Pence brought it up, and it wasn't enough for people to go, "Wow, maybe we shouldn't vote for this person." As long as there's that lack of accountability and that corruption, we shouldn't even be talking about keeping the death penalty. And I, I can't think of a scenario in which we ever should, but certainly not on, under the one that we have now. Um, if you need one reason that should be enough, it's Nathaniel Woods or any of these other cases that we, that we've heard of. So that's our thoughts on that. Uh, here is the next, uh, one from laser, Matt laser legend Hicks. Hello again, guy on left and spike. This is Matt Hicks calling in on the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor calling moment TM just sitting outside enjoying a cigarette and a beer in this lovely 70 degree South Carolina weather. And I started thinking about news from the home front here in lovely, lovely South Kagalage. And I remembered seeing on the news this morning that uh, Henry the Bitch McMaster was just (laughs) endorsed by Donald Trump. And um, you guys have an election? and, and, And I can't stress this enough. Fuck both those guys. But, um... Yeah, talk about that for a second. I mean, why is Trump endorsing people if he's not still relevant? Hmm. Well, because- Fucking Republican Party, man. They got to fix their shit. Anyway, hashtag laser legend. So Trump is still relevant to 50% of the Republican Party. So his, his, right, his endorsement actually does mean a lot it carries a lot of weight in especially areas like south carolina that are very heavily trump country yeah um yeah so in fact interestingly enough uh donald trump still matters a lot to a lot of people part of the reason donald trump's not on twitter right now i believe is because they know that if he were on twitter and on facebook he would still be the center of attention even though he's not president anymore because he would insist on being the, the center of attention and the media would do everything they could to cover it because it creates ratings. You know, we all know that person who goes, Oh man, I'm so glad I don't have to follow the news anymore. Which of course means Joe Biden gets to do whatever the hell he wants. But that is indicative of just the sheer number of people that aren't paying attention right now because Donald Trump's not in the, in the, you know, daily zeitgeist of what's happening. So, no, I mean, he's very relevant, certainly in the Republican Party and really just in the political conversation in general. The man has an incredible, uh, incredible uh, cult of personality. Now, the fact that he picked Mick Bitchster uh, just drives home how much of a mess the Republican Party is. Bitchy McBitchster. Bitchy McBitchster. Good old Bitchery. Bitchy McBitchster. Good old Bitchery. I actually I know very little about Henry McMaster except for He's a bitch. Yeah, except for I know he's a bitch. Like I know that. And that's basically it. I have not paid any attention to that man. Like I'm never gonna vote for the guy. You just know he's a bitch because I told you. 
Yeah, I just know he's a bitch because you told me. At least once a week. Yeah. At least yeah. So there we go. At least once a week, I hear that Henry McMaster is a bitch. Is a bitch. So here's the next yeah. one from uh, from Matt Hicks. Guy on left and Spike. This is Matt Hicks calling in again on the personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. Anchor calling moment TM. So our vice president recently began some sort of campaign about equality versus equity to include uh, some Twitter action about it. And um, yeah, I know how I feel about the whole conversation. I'd like to hear what you gentlemen have to say about it. Hashtag laser legend. So I don't know what that's in reference to. Okay, so, yeah, I I don't know what she specifically said, but I can tell you what the debate is between equality and equity. Typically, equality is basically equality under the law, equal treatment, and so forth. You know, everyone is treated equally. Equity is the concept that that's unfair because some of us, uh, due to things that are out of our control, are, you know, behind and, and, you know, are at an immediate disadvantage. And so it is the, the government that put them in that situation uh, should be uh, creating equity. So, you know, we've often seen the, um, the graphic of three kids who are oh, yeah. uh, trying I'm to, trying they're to on a, a fence game. trying to look into a, 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 a baseball game or something. And because each of them are different heights, even though they're all on the same size um, uh, box, they each have different views and the smallest kid can't see past the fence because they're not tall enough. Whereas with equity, the small kid gets a taller box and the, the, the tall kid doesn't even have a box because he didn't need it and, and so forth. First of all, it's an incredible simplification of a, of a, of a incredibly deep and nuanced issue. And second of all, it almost always centers the very organization that created that inequity and, and inequality at the center of being the ones to fix it. That'll work. Um, by the way, breaking news, the Royal family is racist. Um, so like in, like anytime that I've seen, anytime I've seen that meme, I'm like, okay, so they're going to give the, the, the smaller kid, the two boxes, the, the medium sized kid, the one box, and then the other kid gets no box, but then the government, which built that fence was just going to raise the fence. A more, exactly. I've always looked. That is how I've always looked at that. Exactly. The more accurate analogy would be if the person that had the boxes and was in charge of box distribution was also the one who cut the kid's legs off so he was so short in the first place. That that would be more accurate, and especially with Kamala Harris involved. I don't want to hear a conversation about equality versus equity from a person who describes themselves as top cop and who is, in my mind, best known for putting two innocent black men away in prison, in death row, uh, for a crime that she knew they did not commit, and even intentionally withheld evidence from a judge after she was ordered to, re- or after her office was ordered to release it. I don't want. I want to hear about why she did that. I really don't want to hear anything else. I'd also like to hear if she still uh, believes uh, Joe Biden's accusers that accused him of sexual assault. I want to want to know if she still is that little girl who Joe Biden and his segregationist friends kept off the bus, which uh, historically and uh, uh, chronologically we know not to be true. But let's pretend it is true. Why are you now his VP if he is a terrible 
segregationist racist who also probably raped women. I'd, I'd like to answer, have her answer those things before I really want to hear her opinion on racial issues, especially since, uh, do I, yeah, do I want to go? Yeah, sure. Uh, she didn't really even identify as black until a few years ago. So there's yeah. that. She was Indian American up until a few years ago. Yeah. And her own dad blasted her for it. We can talk about yeah. that. I'd like that. Uh, here's uh, one more from Matt Laser Legend Hicks. Hello there, guy on left and Spike. This is Matt Hicks calling in on the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law anchor, Colin Moment, TM. So on a lighter note, I just wanted to ask you guys, like, I'm thinking about bringing the top hat back. And if I bought you guys top hats, if I bought all three of us top hats, would you guys wear them? Like, they're kind of, they can be a little expensive, and I don't want to go all ham and buy a bunch of fucking top hats if you guys aren't even going to wear them. So, um, yeah, let me know. Hashtag laser legend. I think you should wear a top hat. If there's anyone, Matt Hicks, I think, if there's anyone that can pull off the top hat, it's, it's Matt, Matt Laser Legend Hicks. I'm not gonna, Matt Hicks and uh, Adam the Freeman. Those two guys could pull off the yes. top hat. Those two. Guys, I don't think definitely. I don't think I I should. No. You you can wear one if you want. I don't I don't see it in my future. Yeah, I'm not. No, I'm not a top hat kind of guy. Like I either want the um like I have a bowler that I like, and then I have then I want to get a uh, pork pie. Like those two, I'm okay with. I have some like the like beanie toboggan type hats for when it's so cold that my head hurts. Um, other than that, I'm not really a hat guy. Um, so I'm not either. I just kind of do it for events. Yeah, I, I think I think, but I think Matt, I think Matt Hicks, you should get one. I want to first of all, I want to see it, and second of all, I think that you should. Um, I think we would definitely update your photo. Hat. Yes. Update your photo with a top hat. Yes. Yes. If anyone can pull it off, it is Matt Laser Legend Hicks. So here is our uh, question from our first uh, call message from uh, Kenneth Ebel. Evil? Why why can I not remember the man's last name? Evil. Evil. Yeah, it is evil. Okay, all right. It's evil. Uh, From Kenneth. I mean, I talk with him on a regular basis. Like, it's embarrassing. Anyway, here's, here's from Kenneth. Hello, Spikel and Matrick. This is your favorite Kenneth <laughs> Anyhow, a libertarian page I follow recently ran a comment poll asking who should run on the national ticket in 24. The results were roughly as follows. Uh, 35 for Spike, 25 for Amash, 7 for Jojo, and even 2 for Matt, among others. The one that really concerned me was 13 for Tulsi Gabbard. I'm all for people converting over to the LP, but we've got to stop running Republican rejects with vague libertarian leaning views. Uh, you know, this kind of reminds me of what they told me growing up to the orphanage. One man's trash is not always another man's treasure. Anyhow, just wanted to get your guys' thoughts. Thank you. I got two votes. Two people want me to run the free world? He just told an orphanage joke, and that was your take? Oh, anyway. Uh, yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, where, which group was this? I, I didn't even know there was I, a, yeah, a poll. I didn't know this was a thing. Like, I'm not on Facebook a lot anymore because I can't. Because uh, Facebook has made it 
virtually impossible increasingly for difficult for you to be on facebook yeah yeah um it's like a really weird water torture they're doing to you and it's it's kind of fascinating right. but also infuriating um, it's so infuriating because i can't do anything on our page it's the it's just weird um so yeah tulsi Tol- gabbard even her reason for opposing war is not a libertarian one. It's more of a kind of like America for, and it's not a bad position necessarily, but it's more of like an America first. We need to be ready to take on the real threats. She's not even against ending all the wars, just a good number of them. Um, So yeah, I don't, I mean, let's be clear why a lot of libertarians like Tulsi Gabbard. Cause she's hot. It's why a lot of libertarians like AOC. That's also true. Although that's more of like a grunge, a grudge hate thing. But no, there's a. But you're right. There are a couple. Yeah, I was going to say of, that really depends AOC. on the libertarian. There are a couple of AOC stands. Yeah, yeah. And the, and the, the the coconut the coconut milk mommy squad does come out quite a bit to defend her. And they'll be like, oh, you know, she said we even had a a, a clip of her saying. And I think she got caught off guard. She might actually be more libertarian than she puts on. Because remember we had the video where she was leaving a campaign event and someone asked her if she thought Walmart should sell AR-15s. And she was like, that's up to Walmart. And then walked by. And you could tell it wasn't like a rehearsed answer. It was just her saying something. And what. So maybe she is more libertarian. But from her stated positions, she is not libertarian. She, I mean, she's, yeah, she's not libertarian. She's, she's not is she welcome to the party? Absolutely. Would I want her at the top of the ticket right off the bat? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Would I be happy to have her join the party, become a part of what we're doing, uh, maybe run for her old seat, you know, uh, and, and bring that that level of, of, of clout to it and, and you know, uh, learn more about what we believe and, and, you know, help grow the Libertarian Party in Hawaii and, and nationally? Absolutely. 100 uh, percent. And Tulsi for president right up now. Or even vice president, no. She's not She's not a, you know, uh, compared to even a Justin Amash or even a Gary Johnson. She's just, she, Gary Johnson and Justin Amash, even when they were re- Republicans, were liberty-leaning Republicans. T- Tulsi Gabbard is anti-most wars. Uh, she also supports gun control. She supports a watered-down version of Medicare for All. She is a general believer that government should be big or bigger and at least as involved, if not more involved in your life than it is now. She's uniquely right. not liberal. She's, she has a, 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 an authoritarian mindset when it comes to the relationship between government and the people. Um, so, no. I'd go with Matt. This, this Matt. I'd go with Spike. This one. This one. That, that, one. that This Spike as opposed to the other one. <laughs> Uh, so thank you for that, Kenneth. Here's the next one from Kenneth Evil. Hey, guys. Uh, second question. Um, I'm in a bit of a pickle. So as you guys know, I have a wife who grew up in Southeast Asia. So naturally, it's pretty fun to play pranks here and there. It wasn't easy, but I was able to convince her that Wyoming isn't real and it was just made up so it had 50 states. It's not. Uh, well, it turns out that we're going on a road trip this year that takes us through there, and I'm not sure how she's going to take it. Any it's ideas? Should I just route through the Dakotas? I'm worried if she figures this one out, she'll start questioning Australia. Wyoming's not real. You have nothing to worry about. Just tell her it's a very large town. It's You're just in a very, Montana. Very, yeah, it's, just, it's Montana. just a really large town in Montana. 
you know, you don't have to accept, you know, Wyoming propaganda like that. You know, mm. the science is not settled on Wyoming even remotely. It's Montana, and you know, you're it's either Montana or it's or it's uh, Idaho. I, my geography is off right now. It's not Montana. It's not. There is no Wyoming. You don't have to worry about that. Um, and Australia is absolutely not real. That is a total figment. Um, here is the last one from Zach Britt, who I will be seeing this weekend and next weekend, I think, actually. Hey, y'all. My name is Zach. I am the secretary of the Libertarian Party of Mississippi. And Mississippi is actually doing something fucking right for once. Uh, we got rid of our lockdowns. Um, I just wanted to uh, get your guys' thoughts on that because I know you guys mentioned it along with uh, Texas, uh, our state's getting rid of our lockdowns. But I want you guys to maybe elaborate that more. And what are your thoughts on um, – don't fuck Mississippi actually being smart about something for once. Thanks, guys. Love the show. That's quite a descriptor. So when it comes to this is um, this is me. This is I'm not speaking for anybody else on this show. Um, when it comes to uh, the governor of Texas and the governor of Mississippi, and I think Arizona and. Somebody else just recently said that they were going to end their lockdowns. Um, I don't remember who that one was. It came out today. Um, but as far as these governors saying, we're going to end all of our lockdowns and we're going to rescind the executive orders that had to do with COVID, including mask mandates and lockdowns and blah, 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 yep. blah, blah, blah. I don't, too late. Like you should have never done it. You should have stood up and not done that and stood up for your state and stood up for the people of your state you have four million small businesses closed across the country um and the cdc just yesterday came out with a uh report that said mask mandates had a statistical non-difference uh than not than places without mask mandates so at no point should this have ever happened it should have never gotten this far we should have not spent 2.9 plus however many more in stimulus packages um and you doing it one year after all of this started i don't care like you should have never done it you should have stood up then and said no i'm not going to kowtow to everything going on out there and i'm going to keep my state open and i'm going to make sure that the people of my state continue to work and continue to make money and continue to survive without you exactly i agree i and and I'm happy for the people in in those states that are now not having to deal with that after yes. all the suffering you've had to go through. So it's it's not yes. that at all. But it I am is, not giving the governor's credit. No, exactly. You shouldn't have done it in the first place. And I'll go a, a step, and I, I won't even say a step further. I'm sure Matt agrees with me, with me on this. You don't have the right or the authority to do that in the first place. And I think celebrating that these things are happening is sort of a de facto admission that they had. They were, oh, thank God they finally undid that. thing. No, they shouldn't have done it to begin with. It's like yeah. if, you know, when the when the uh, uh, and this isn't a perfect parallel, uh, but you, you can name any bad policy. Uh, you can name, for example, the internment of Japanese people, which was a much more intense uh, lockdown for the people that it was imposed upon. Uh, and had no scientific basis or, 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 or justification for it even then. Uh, but for, you know, it, it still was a form of the government incorrectly and, and against their, you know, the, any right that they had telling people where they could go and what they could do. Uh, um, and 
when it ended, yes, that was great. It ended, but it's not like we cheer on the politicians who ended it. It it, it should have never happened in the first place. They, they they should never have been granted or or presumed to have that authority. And uh, anyone who resisted it, in my mind, was doing the right thing. And uh, like Matt said, they should have never done it to begin with. And no, I'm not saying that internment of Japanese is a perfect parallel to the lockdowns or anything like that. I'm just saying when government does something bad that hurts lots and lots and lots of people that it never should have done, when they stop, the correct response is to say, I'm glad it's not happening anymore. You should have never done it. And we shouldn't have given we shouldn't have presumed that you had the authority to, to begin with in the first place, not celebrate them and tell them how brave they are. It would have been brave to say you weren't going to do it in the first damn place. Right. So, yes. Uh, that, so, that is 100 percent how I how I feel about like when I heard when I heard that Texas was opening to 100 percent capacity, I was like, oh, good for Texas. And Greg Abbott was like, this is great. I'm going to rescind everything and I'm going to put everything back to the way it was. And it's like, no, screw you. You put it there in the first place. Yeah. You shouldn't have done it. And now millions of people are suffering. So screw you. Yeah, you shouldn't have done it. And, you know, now you have a situation where people can legitimately go to government and say, you owe me money because under the Constitution, uh, when you claim eminent domain over me and my life and my ability to collect a livelihood, you owe me compensation. Yep. I mean, that's the scenario that they have built. And it's just, a, they shouldn't have, like Matt said, they shouldn't have done it. They just shouldn't have done it. So, should have never folks, happened. that is... Thank you for all of your calls uh, and questions into the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney law anchor call in moment. Again, go to anchor.fm slash muddy waters media uh, or muddied what no anchor.fm slash muddied waters. Uh, and you can leave mes- messages and donate and we will play them every week right here on the muddy waters of freedom. Now, uh, speaking of uh, things that government should have never done in the first place, first place. Oh, is that sure? Um, we have a, a bill that came out uh, called HR1, otherwise known as the For the People bill. Um, that uh, anytime that there is a bill named this way, it's straight like sure. it strikes yeah. literal fear inside of me. The Patriot Act was not patriotic. Yeah, the Affordable Care Act was not affordable. Not about affordable care. Yeah. 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 So anything called for the people. I don't trust it. You can almost be assured that it's going to be a terrible thing and you should run. So let's talk. So tell us about this, Matt, the HR one, it's intended to revamp the entire voting process in the country. Uh, The, uh, the democratic uh, progressive left is heralding it as the uh, greatest thing since the civil rights act of 1964. That should also scare you. Uh, Tell us a little bit about what's in this bill. So, so there are a few uh, things in this bill that I've actually, there's a lot of things that I put in here. Um, it would make election day a federal holiday, which this means because a lot of people have been like, why isn't election day a federal holiday? You know, people should have the day off work. Now, this means that people who uh, work in government or at banks will have the day off. Yeah. And everybody else will still have to go to work. Yeah. All the people who are working in the service industry or working in retail because now everybody's off of work and they are going to go vote and then they are going to come and visit these businesses. So really, this is only helping a small minority of the country if they do. If this. you woke up today and said, gee, I think the government and the banks don't have enough say in how things are going, 
you should like that part. If you did not do that, then this is not good. Right. Um, they would also override state laws on voter ID. So anywhere that it, there's a voter ID, they would override it. Now, whether you are for voter ID or against voter ID, they are taking this right away from the states who are allowed to run elections their way. There is not a single other country that I know of that does not require identification to vote. The only legitimate justification I've ever heard of why there shouldn't be an ID to vote is, well, there are many people who can't afford the cost of an ID um, and so and, and don't have the, the means or ability to be able to get one. OK, so then make it free. Make the ID free. The whole point of voter ID is to make sure that the person who is showing up to vote does vote. Uh, I'm, I've heard people say, well, there's never been an incident of widespread voter ID, voter fraud uh, with people misrepresenting themselves. That that might be true. It would be hard to know if it were true because they're not having to identify themselves. But let's let's say that's not true. If you show up to vote and have been told, no, nope, you already voted, you have no recourse or way of proving that you didn't unless there is some kind of paper trail with an ID. I, I uh, I know that there is a, a big a split among libertarians on this subject. I think if you are going to have a system of voting, it needs to be demonstrated that you are who you say you are. And the easy way to get around the, the built-in uh, um, uh, structural reasons why certain people are less able or less likely to be able to uh, get IDs, address that if that's how you're going to do it. Don't say, uh, oh, no, you don't have to prove that you say you are. Otherwise, you literally can show up and say, I'm such and such, and – then vote as that person and they right. don't get to when they show up unless they lie and say they're someone else uh automatic voter registration for anyone who has a government id or uses a government service so that means even if let's say you fancy yourself an anarchist who never wants to be part of that nope if you get a driver's license or if you had to go on unemployment due to a pandemic you will automatically be registered to vote they this is, by you. the way, the first – this is the first step to mandatory voting, which is what they have in places like Australia, is right. mandatory registration. Then they have mandatory voting where you get fined if you don't vote. They would also mandate – doesn't matter what the state law is. It would mandate same-day registration, which means somebody could walk in on uh, election day, register with no ID, and vote. And 15 days of early voting, no matter what state constitutions say. Those things should be decided by states. I, I don't think there's any every, legitimate Almost everything that, yeah. in here should be decided by states. Pretty much, um, yeah. yeah. No more requirement for mail-in votes to be notarized or signed by witnesses. Uh, no more laws against ballot harvesting. Uh, ballots would have to be counted wow. for two. Yeah. That's a bit. Can we talk about that for a second? Yes. Ballot harvesting is when you go and you come into a voting uh, precinct and go, I got all these votes. I went out and people voted. This is totally their votes. Trust me. And in many states, that's not legal because of all the obvious things that could happen. If you can have someone leave with a bunch of blank uh, ballots and come back with a bunch of filled out ones and totally promise that they got all those filled out. But don't ask me how, and you can't make me show any kind of identification or notarization. I just this, I did it. Look at me. Yep. These things together are hey, 
if you want to commit election fraud, here's how. Including, yeah, and ba- ballots would have to be counted for 10 days after the election. Like, that would allow so many harvesters to just drop. So no voter ID. Know the results pretty nope. much. And suddenly... Um, states can no longer require a voter to provide an ID to vote by mail or require notarized or witness of voter signatures to cast an absentee ballot, which is different. Which than combined the with one. vote ballot harvesting is just. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the bill states that Congress can establish the conditions uh, states must follow in carrying out congressional redistricting. Uh, including to create independent redistricting commissions. Now, many states have independent redistricting commissions, and I'm not saying that these are bad. I am saying these are bad when run by the federal government and one Mm -hmm. party has the power. Yep. Um, uh, A ban on deceptive audio. Oh, yeah. Ban on deceptive audio or photos of candidates and a ban on knowingly making false statements about a federal election. We've already gotten a taste of what false statements are. You ever had a story about Joe Biden fact checked and it's true, but it didn't have context. So they said it was false, even though if you read the thing, it said he did what you said that the, the article said he did. Imagine if the federal government's now fact checking you and you do jail time or pay a fine. Because you were wrong, right. and the person who's deciding whether what you said was right or wrong is the person you said it against. Um, there's that one, in one here would that's... have to get struck down. That has to be considered a. a, a there's have no to way down that the this entire board. Thing. Well, good. Yeah, there's one in here that scares me and should scare you um, very much. Uh, HR1 would allow regulators to police all campaign-related disbursements defined as any public communication that promotes or supports the election of a candidate wow. for that office or attacks or opposes uh, the election of a candidate for that office. Your post about the election and how you think about it is now under FEC control. Well, this hasn't passed the Senate yet. So, no, I'm saying if this passes, if this passes, right, right, right. Any and, opinion right. that you share, any public communication, so anything you share on social media or in person with a bunch of people is going to be under, is going to be considered a disbursement that you will have to disclose to the federal government. Yep. I wonder who that so, helps. Right now, uh, only television and radio uh, advertisements currently follow under that campaign finance under campaign yep. finance laws. HR1 would include posts on social media, YouTube, videos, podcasts, email marketing, and even content posted on personal websites or, you know, us. Yeah. And you, you commenting. you, You commenting and sharing and subscribing and liking, which if you haven't done yet, like, comment, share, and subscribe. Well, you still can. This well, and this can. is, by the way, going into this next thing. The very next step is you are going to have to get, uh, going to have to get labeled and and registered as a lobbyist for having an opinion publicly. That's what this is. This is, you know, you want to talk about voter suppression? How about telling a voter that in order to be able to share your opinion 
and 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 when what opinion is something that is considered political uh, is uh, is going to be decided by the federal government who obviously does not want you to say that you like them not that you don't like them very much and want less of them. Yep. Uh, and HR with that in would... mind, now that you're a lobbyist with your own pack, they're going to limit your spending. And of that's course, right. when you talk, that's considered like kind disbursement. So that's money you just spent by talking. They're going to limit yep. that. HR one would repeal Citizens United and allow Congress the power to set allow Congress the power to set reasonable limits on the raising and spending of money by candidates and others to influence elections. And I cannot stress this part enough. You will now, your words will be considered a campaign-related disbursement, meaning that it will be assigned a monetary value and considered a like-kind exchange or a like-kind contribution to whatever campaign or, or political action committee or whatever else they decide that you're a part of. And once you reach that limit, you can't do it anymore. Like right now, you can only do a certain amount of advertising for or against something before right. you reach the FEC limit. Now it would be a limit on how much you could say it or post it or podcast it or YouTube it or, yeah, any of that. And it would grant some states, and this is literally like some states to be named. Don't know which ones. Uh, some states the ones whose The ones whose ten, senators are needed. Right. <laughs> Uh, with $10 million apiece to run so-called uh, My Voice Voucher pilot programs, these states would provide eligible voters with vouchers worth $25 to contribute to candidates of their choice. Again, the government they will be giving a few random states $10 million apiece to give eligible voters vouchers worth $25 to give to candidates of their choice. Who do you think those eligible voters are going to be? Because $25 divided by 10 million is 4 million vouchers. Right. Jessica Mitchell says vote bucks. Um, Did I I do that wrong? I don't know. I didn't listen. I, I think I did that wrong. Hold on. I'll be right back. So, HR one is terrifying. Yeah, no, four hundred thousand. Oh gosh, it's even worse. So ten million divided by twenty five is four hundred thousand. So everyone's not going to get it. You only get it if you're eligible. What do you just? What are the kind? You can say in the comments. What do you think are the kind of things that are going to make you eligible? So. This is going to change if this bill passes. It's got to go through the Senate, which that's tough. It went, it went almost, I think it went almost party line vote in the uh, House. I think one Democrat voted against it. I think one Democrat voted against it, but I'm not 100% sure. He may have abstained. Um, if this passes the Senate, Joe Biden has already stated he will sign it. Of course. And then it will come up to the Supreme Court. Like this will immediately, immediately be in the Supreme Court. There will be lawsuits everywhere. Because the prop states, the states like Florida will say, no, I'm not doing this. Yep. 
I'm absolutely not doing this. And then a lawsuit will happen. And then political action committees will sue individual voter groups will sue. I'm sure the libertarian party will be a part of fighting this thing. Um, because if you ever want the Republicrats not to dominate every lever of power in government, this is the last thing you want to see because this is them. You know, it was, I believe it was Stalin who said it doesn't matter who votes. It matters who counts the votes. This protects who counts the votes, who uh, submits the votes, uh, who gets money to contribute, who is allowed to even speak in the campaign. This is huge. This is a big big nightmare and it's being pushed as voter reform this is a massive infringement on your right for, even if you don't vote even if you don't vote if you just want to give your opinion i don't like trump i don't like biden i don't like kamala harris i don't like whoever i don't like spike cohen i don't like what who, whoever's whoever's running not running whatever party if if they they get to decide what is or is not uh a disbursement to a campaign and you as a private individual will be allotted based on what they say your speech is worth. You'll be allotted a certain amount of speaking that you can do and posting and YouTube videos and podcasting, whatever else you do. Commenting. This is, imagine being told that you've reached your limit for the number of times you can comment on Joe Biden's post. This is a nightmare. This is a nightmare. If this passes the Senate, which right now, uh, personal opinion, you may have a differing one. The most powerful person in the Senate is Joe Manchin. Uh, he, he and Kristen uh, Sinema, 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 how is it? Uh, Sin- is Sinema, I think Sinema, is something it, like that. I I always want to say cinema, and I'm like I don't know if that's right, but Sinema. I think it's Sinema, but it might be Sinema. But Kristen, right, Kristen. Uh, Kristen and Joe Manchin, they're the two most powerful because they will vote against their parties. They will vote against the Democrats. Um, the Republicans, they can't do anything. They don't have enough. Yeah, no, this will, this will get passed. Uh, this will get passed by a a 50, 50 with Kamala Harris, uh, breaking the tie if it needs to be. Uh, I could see, I could see Manchin saying no, I could see it. Well, that's all it'll s- take. Right. The that's problem all is take. this can be tweaked a little bit to be made not quite as egregious and then pressure applied to Manchin. Well, hey, look, we budged. We did what we could. You're just one senator. What are you doing? This is scary. The, I, I believe that the only way that this will be able to be effectively fought is through the courts. Um, and, and, and hopefully the Supreme Court sees this for the nightmare it is and strikes it down because I would give this a very high likelihood of passing. Right. Uh, and now if not uh, in some- its Bull if Johnson. not in its exact form, in a in a not terribly modified form. Uh, Bull Johnson in the comments says it won't get by the filibuster. Yes, that's true. It wouldn't get by the filibuster. However, that is one of the nuclear options that's left on the table is to end the filibuster. Yeah. If they were to get rid of it, they would say, oh, we're just going to get rid of it temporarily in order to make sure that the voting rights of so many people of disenfranchised voters are restored and they can know that they can go like they will do it. They will 100 percent do it if they think that they have the votes to pass this. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, this this ensures Republican control forever. And if you think the Republicans are on your side right now, they're not. As soon as they're in office, they will use this thing uh, because there, there's no there. The, the Democrats aren't going to conquer everything and be in control forever. That's just not how politics works. People get fed up with this side so much they move to this side. They get so fed up with this side so much they move to this side. Eventually, the Republicans will have it. They'll wield it just as brutally as the Democrats did uh, yeah. every bit as much as they fought it now. Uh, the only reason they're fighting this is because they're not in power. Well, what I will say, what I will say is that this bill did make it to uh, the Senate back in 2019, and McConnell did not put it on the floor. He was like, no, we're not going to even vote on that. And when asked why, right, he said, right. because I decide what's on there. Uh, instead, he put the Green New Deal on there. Um, literally, that was that was what he put on instead of this. Um, so the Republicans did have the opportunity to pass this and they didn't they did not now i if this was in place they would use the crap out of it they would use the crap out of it and everything that they could possibly do to make sure that they held control they would do it yep when given the opportunity to pass it they did not that's fair. Uh, I will say this. McConnell knew Trump wasn't getting reelected. Like, it wasn't hard to read those tea leaves. And uh, I think he knew that this, if they passed in, this in within, 19, you know. Though? Oh, yeah. In 19, you I, and I, I were I, saying that he was going to get reelected. I have said, I've always said that it was possible he'd get reelected, but that I was leaning towards him, him getting out. Uh, up until, I, I think the only time that I would have said I think he can get reelected was going into 2018. 2019, I was really starting to think that. Um, it, you know, it, it was always possible that he could win, but just looking at the sheer numbers and the, just the, the, the base of support that he had, uh, I, I thought that it would be, um, I also thought that it wouldn't be, I thought it was increasingly looking like they were going to pick someone who was like Joe Biden, except able to speak like a, like a, it, it looked for a minute there, like they were going to throw Joe under the bus and go for like a, um, Amy Klobuchar or name? something. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and uh, uh, well, maybe not a Klobuchar, but honestly, Pete Buttigieg, that's who I thought. Uh, but he turned out to, to be so, like, ineffectual and, and un unpopular with so many that they had to jump back to, to old Uncle Joe. Um, but this is bad. This is really, really bad. This is um, bad. We will have to fight this tooth and nail if this actually passes. Um, unfortunately, there's not really a way to fight this other than if you want to, you know, contact the 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 potentially wavering Democrats uh, like Joe Manchin and and Kristen Cinema and and uh, you know and and the really that's it um, yeah. to try to get because that that this is all of the things that Donald Trump complained claimed that the election system was which they they weren't and when they went to court they couldn't prove any this actually would allow that to be. The, the states would not be in charge of it anymore. The federal government and the apparatus built around the federal government would not only decide how elections are run, they decide how you get to interact politically right. by considering it a campaign disbursement. That is a nightmare. And what do you want to bet that the first groups getting carved out exemptions from all this will be public employees unions and banks and government workers and uh, you know, everyone involved with the actual system of power. Of course, politicians themselves, too. They can say whatever they want because they're registered. Um, this coupled with pretty much all these things coupled together would and, and any real any of these things, even on their own, would be a very 
uh, big restriction on your your rights. Uh, all these things together are an absolute nightmare. Um, and my fear is that they presented this knowing that it wouldn't be able to pass and that they could then shave three or four things off and go, well, now it's reasonable, right? And then and then force it through. But we shall see. Gun, but now I have some – go tactic. ahead. What's that? Using the gun control tactic. Using the gun control tactic, exactly. Now, yeah. good news uh, is that uh, – well, there's two things. Uh, number one, tomorrow uh, at Wednesday at 8, uh, I will be uh, on my show, My Fellow Americans, and my guests will be uh, Josh Eagle and Justin Cornett, uh, who are uh, started an organization called For All Tennessee, and they've already had some incredible uh, gains that they've had there, uh, legislative gains and uh, goals that they put forward. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, and then uh, this weekend – I will be in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, for the Georgia Libertarian Party uh, convention. Uh, I will be there Friday and Saturday. And then on Sunday, our friend Catherine Bernard is going to be hosting me at uh, – hosting Tash and I at her home for a, uh, a Liberty meetup. Um, and all of the attendees of the Georgia convention are welcome to come. Um, so if you are in or near Atlanta, I hope to see you this weekend. Uh, more information can be found at, uh, I think it's lpgeorgia.org. Let me double check that. Yeah, lpgeorgia.org. Um, As a and former then, member of, course, of the LP Georgia, lpgeorgia.org. <laughs> lpgeorgia.org, yeah, former, former, we're both former members, actually. Uh, I, I'll both probably be re-upping while I'm there. Um, mm -hmm. And then uh, join us right back here next Tuesday, same muddy place, same muddy time for another amazing, enthralling episode of the Muddy Waters of Freedom, where Matt Wright and I parse through the week's event like the sweet 2020 wonder children that we are. I added a 20. Um, yeah, it was, and, yeah, it was, it was two, it was 320s there. Yeah, 2020. travel? Yeah, we, we're way, we're 20,000 years in the future. I should have a better camera by now. I would, yeah, no, we're still, still the same equipment. Um, it's really amazing how durable it is. But, uh, folks, thanks so much for tuning in. Now, Matt, if someone were to uh, look for us on this internet thing, uh, how was that even possible? Well, if somebody were to look for us on this internet thing, while well, it's still possible, um, all they would have to do is head on over if you're one of the old school people that is uh who really enjoy the sweet sultry buttery dulcet sounds of our voice you just know everybody anchor.fm yes money and waters this is the asmr portion of the show there you there you can find all of our audio and we love you we'll talk to you and lull you into a deep sleep osmosis and we can, it's a it's a mutually beneficial thing because you get to learn about liberty while you sleep and we get more hits to our show than we could have that if you only watched it when you were awake so it's mutual it's a synergistic thing between the two of us That's symbiosis right. really while you're there you can also leave us messages that we will play live on the air yes and if you are so inclined you can also donate to us just love you more if that in a moment we're going to name off all of our, our our 
our sponsors for all of our people that donate to us on Anchor. That's right. Thank you so much. And, and while you're on Anchor, you can do other things too. I think I forgot where that train of thought was going. And now it's completely gone. Or you can find this in every other episode at muddiedwatersmedia.com. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, some wonderful people. Uh, thank you to Justin Mickelson, Jack Casey, Zachary Martin, Joni Saad, Josh McHose, Tim, Mc, uh, Tim Poland, uh, Kenneth Evil, James E. Lee, Alex Boyer, Daniel Faust, uh, Jennifer Morrison, Chris, personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, Jeff Depoy, Andrea O'Donnell, Robin Renee, Dominic, Meg Jones, and Billy Pierce. You guys are the real ones. Thank you all so much. And everybody that you uh donate to us on uh youtube through super chats and uh those of you who donate to us on float thank you to all of you we definitely appreciate it um to everybody else keep freeloading i mean i get it we still love you listen we love you we We just we can't love you We, we can't love you as much as someone that gives us money it's just you know it is what it is right and for every single person out there who's like, oh, the quality of this episode wasn't that great because of technical issues. If you're not donating, it's partially your fault. It's kind of your fault that I cut myself. Right. Because <laughs> he couldn't buy a better knife. Because it was definitely the knife's fault, not my own. Right. So so let that hang on your head. No, it's not your fault. But But thank you so much for all everything that you do. Watching commenting sharing subscribing following liking donating and everything else that you do calling into our into our call online thank you so much hope to see some of you in atlanta this weekend and we'll see you right back here i'll see you tomorrow actually for the uh, my fellow americans i'll see you in atlanta this weekend hopefully and then i will see you right back here next week for the muddy waters of freedom folks thanks so much for tuning in and where we're going we don't need roads